Brandon Brands. Hey, this is Brooke Sellis from B Squared Media. And if you want to build a brand that matters, you should be listening to Brands on Brands on Brands with my good friend, Brandon Burkbeyer. In a world where advertising is ignored, business is exposed, and the only constant is change. How do you build a brand that matters? Welcome to Brands on Brands on Brands, a home for those who think different and push their boundaries. This is where branding that matters lives. Now, here's your host, Brandon Berkmeyer. Hey everyone, welcome back to Brands on Brands on Brands. I'm Brandon Berkmeyer, your personal marketing coach, and I believe that building brands that matter is the only way for a business to thrive tomorrow. Check it out. I appreciate you guys tuning in every week. It means the world to me, but you know what means the world even more is you guys actually connecting with me. I want to hear from you. I want to hear who you are. You can go to my website, brandonbrands.com to connect with me there via Facebook Messenger. There's a little button for you there. Or you can check out my community at brandonbrands.com forward slash community to connect with me and other entrepreneurs in that space. But you know what you can also do is just go to my Instagram uh, and find me there. Take a picture of the episode and let me know that you are listening and that you liked it. I'm at B. Berkmeyer there and you can find me or you can just Google Brandon Brands within the... I'm not Google it, I guess. I guess it's called Instagramming. Uh, you can gram it and find me there anytime you want. Now let's get into what today's about. Today I have for you Brooke B. Sellis. Brooke Sellis. That's Brooke with an E and Sellis, S-E-L-L-A-S. <laughs> Brooke Sellis here uh, is a founder and CEO of a digital marketing agency called B Squared. And she's actually been in the game for a long time, working for Fortune 500 companies uh, since 2012. She speaks regularly on Topics like social media processes, uh, how to scale a social media agency, and the importance of bringing human elements into the tools that we use for marketing every day. Things like marketing automation, AI, machine learning. She's been an adjunct professor at Baruch College in New York City, uh, lecturing on consumer behavior and customization and personalization of your offers. And just uh, really... Great guest today. If you, I listen to the show, obviously I record these afterwards if you guys don't know. And man, you know what I hadn't had a chance to dive into until today with Brooke was marketing systems and processes. And man, I know it's not like the sexiest term for everyone out there, but you know what? It is critical. It's the kind of thing that if you're like marketing is daunting. If you need things like these in your business to move you forward, like if you listen to me at all and you know that I always say build project by project so marketing is not daunting. Pick one project at a time. But you know what? Every time you build a project, you need to also build the system for that project so you can repeat it and you can make these processes replicatable. And we have some great tools for you today, some great templates from great uh, ways to figure out how to start building your marketing, uh, not just your marketing program, but your marketing system from the ground up. Uh, a lot of you I know are DIY and this is how you do it. Otherwise, you might as well just hire someone because without these systems, it's going to take way too long. And I know you're the type that like to get out there and build and make your brands matter. So you're going to love what you hear today. Check out my interview with Brooke. Thank you. Brandon all right, let's get going. Thank you so much. First and foremost, excited to welcome our guest, Brooke Sellis, to the show today. Brooke, thank you so much for coming on the show. I appreciate you being here. 
Thank you so much for having me. I've listened to your podcast now on a few different episodes and I'm really excited to talk with you. Oh, me too. Me too. And guys, if you don't know, so Brooke was introduced to me through Mark Schaefer. And if you guys have listened at all, you know that I'm a, a huge fan of Mark who, you know, even though he wasn't the first episode I recorded, I, you know, waited to make sure that I could get him to be the launch episode of this show, uh, just because I really respect him as a thought leader uh, and in the space for like a long time. And his human approach to business and marketing all aligned perfect with this show. So, and now Mark has a blog, which you've, which you, Brooke, have been featured in. And he has this podcast, which if you guys haven't heard it, it's called The Marketing Companion. And Brooke, when, you know, when Mark was saying, I need to, I need to get a, another guest host, a new guest host. Brooke is the one who ends up getting the job. So Brooke, for, for, besides your own credentials, which are, you know, stand on their own, uh, I'm excited to have you here because of that relationship is so important to me as well. So can I ask, first of all, uh, how did the two of you get to know each other? How did that start? How did that relationship start? Oh my gosh. Well, that's an interesting story. So I guess like six years or so ago, I had a virtual ticket to social media marketing world, which was the largest social media conference that they have in San Diego every year. I didn't go in person. I went virtually and, you know, listening to all the speakers speak and Mark went through and just like you, I was like, oh my gosh, everything this guy says is like a golden nugget. I'm totally resonating with this dude. Like I need to be connected to him. And I had, I was only a year into to owning B squared media at the time. So I kind of, to be honest, socially stalked him. <laughs> like went out on Twitter and I followed him. And then I went to LinkedIn and I, you know, sent him a, a, a connection request saying like, basically, I just saw you speak social media marketing world. You're amazing. I really, I'm like, I'm new to this whole business. And everything you said like resonates with how I feel. Can we connect? And he graciously connected with me. And then I went to Facebook and I sent him another connection request like as a friend. And I was just like, look, I know you probably think I'm a stalker at this point, but I promise you I am not. I just want to like soak up everything that is Mark Schaefer. And because he's like the Mr. Rogers of marketing, <laughs> he accepted my request and we ended up getting together. If you know, if you follow him on Facebook, he's always saying like, Hey, I'm in New York. Um, I'm gonna, at this hotel. I have time from like seven to nine tonight. Let's, let's meet up. He did one of those and we actually ended up getting together, became fast friends. He asked me to and, you know, write for his blog and it just kind of progressed from there. That's awesome. I will. Maybe we have that in common, and maybe there's something. There's a, might be a problem starting to develop here because I also socially stalked him, and that's how I met him in person at that same conference. You know, his book was coming out, and I had like you know read through or listened to the the audio version of it, and then I wrote a blog that quoted his art. You know, his book, and then I sent it to him on LinkedIn and was like, "Do you mind if I post this?" And he was like, "Yeah, sure, thanks." You know, and then. And then when I met him in person, I was able to say, hey, I wrote the blog and I reached out and, and then we shot some great content together. And then I emailed that to him, like a really crisp video of that. So I was trying to get on his radar, you know what I mean? <laughs> uh, but yeah, definitely started with some social stalking uh, overall. So Mark, I'm sorry. I, you know, I don't know why you're such a likable guy and people want to stalk you, but that's, that's <laughs> it's how it goes. <laughs> Social stalking for the win. <laughs> yeah. You know, let's call it networking. Okay. This is, yeah, guys, yeah. This is, you know, how to meet your heroes. It's, you know, be, add value, uh, pay attention to what they're doing. And if you can get in a, a room where they are that just, and add value and, and human, like people like meeting other humans when they're authentic and they're not being too creepy. So avoid the creepy factor, but <laughs> otherwise you're good. Uh, I, you know, I wanted to ask, so there is a little bit about, 
working at, uh, you know, I've worked at a marketing agency a long time. You run a, a marketing agency. And what I was excited about is bringing on a marketing expert that not only can dive into tactics, which is what I do a lot here on the show, uh, that helps entrepreneurs, you know, break things down in a simpler way uh, to take those first steps towards building their brand. But being that you run a digital agency that's called B Squared, and it's the website's B Squared Media. Get that right? Yes. The uh, you're your speaker as well, but we could talk and we could talk about social media and digital all day. But what I'm excited to talk to you about is marketing systems, which don't don't turn off the, the podcast yet. I know that's, that's <laughs> you're like bump 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 marketing systems, but can you give us a little introduction into like what marketing systems are and why they're they're important for entrepreneurs to implement in their business? Yeah, so we really look at systems two different ways. One is obviously the systems, the software that you have to use to complete the job. And we use um, a few core tools to help us get that done. And then the other side of systems are our SOPs, our standard operating procedures. And so um, what we've done and what I did as an entrepreneur early on in my you know first two, two and a half years, it was just me working seven days a week. So as I started to realize that I was going to have to bring on more help, I had to create these systems that essentially were checklists or punch lists or whatever you want to call them. But I had to make sure that the, the way that we were doing work for clients was repeatable, that someone else could do it, which means that it also had to be transferable. So I had to really think about how to like simplify the process and put it down in something that was transferable and repeatable by anyone who had, you know, the special set of skills that are necessary to do social work. Yeah, I think, and that's fair. I think one of the, the things that I hear most from entrepreneurs is, is either A, that it is, you know, that the, the time to find to do something like marketing is, is hard, you know, like uh, that's, I don't have time for that. It's not a priority for me. Or that it's just, you know, how do I be consistent? And, you know, you know I, I want to, I know I should be on Facebook and I should be creating content on Instagram. And, but, you know, I don't know how to do it consistently. And I think one of the things that they miss along the way is, you know, is the system side of it. So if you have, you know, to help a, an entrepreneur getting started, get in place, what are a couple of systems, and maybe we pick one or two to begin with here, that are some of the first things that, that can help them get moving along with this to make it a little less daunting? You know, I just thought about this. So I'm going to throw this out there. But if anybody listening wants an actual copy of our five most used social media processes, we have a swipe file that you can grab on our website. So if you go to bsquare.media slash swipe file, S-W-I-P-E-F-I-L-E, you can actually download our five most used um, social media checklist or processes. But a lot of that actually starts with listening. <laughs> and so what we want to find out um, is A, with listening, like who is our audience? What channels are they using? Um, what are they talking about when it comes to our industry, our brand, our products, our services? And then after that, I think the biggest, second biggest thing is around content. What content do we already have that meets some of those needs and interests that the audience is, is talking about or looking for? And if we don't have that content, how can we create it? And how can we be smart about creating it? So how can we create a piece of content, let's say like, like a swipe file or an ebook or something that's like long, longer form content, and then take that um, central idea or piece of content and break it out to manageable chunks, like through video or through snackable bites for social media or quotes or stats, whatever it may be. But essentially, you want to work smarter and not harder with your content so that you're creating these maybe more in-depth pieces. But then all of that work that goes into that actually 
um, helps you create more content down the road. So you're not constantly having to create content over and over and over again. Yeah, I think that's exactly where I would start too. It's it's templates and it's processes. And you don't have to create these from scratch, guys. You know, you can, a simple Google search and it's amazing. Thank you for offering this swipe file. I think you can go there and check it out. The, you know, a simple template can get you so far and it, whether it's, you know, basic copy templates or it's uh, the, you know, the, the places to, to be thinking about where you should be, or it's a process from getting from A to, to Z and in finishing a content, you know, creation system, whether it's, you know, you record long form and, and how you divide that into multiple pieces, templates and processes are huge. And I think what's daunting about that is you're like, well, I don't know where to start. I don't even know what templates to look for. But if you start typing in marketing templates, you're going to find a bunch of stuff out there. And when you get a little more specific about what you're trying to solve, what problem you're trying to get at, that's that's the easiest thing to start with. And I imagine you guys, when you're building your businesses, you had to do that for what, you, what you're running on your own. It's, you know, how did you go about getting your first customer and getting them into your your invoicing and building out your you know, your, your products to begin with, you had to have some kind of processes there. Or you, when you hide your first employee, you had to have a training manual. This is all there for marketing too. So I, I would start there as well. You know, having a template of some sort to go off of for marketing is great because you writing your own email copy for the first time, not going to be pretty. You writing your own, your own Facebook ad for the first time, man, there are some huge mistakes to avoid right off the top. So definitely talk to some experts, but start with some of these templates to get you moving for sure. Yeah. And I think another great place to, to look to as well would be your frequently asked questions. Almost every company has frequently asked questions. And I, I would say my best piece of advice like that is overarching for this whole conversation is to document everything. So if you already haven't started documenting your frequently asked questions, start doing that. And as you get a list of those questions, that's a ton of gold, golden content because that is what people want to know. You're giving them, you're giving the audience what they're asking for time and time again. And so it helps with SEO and Google search. Once you have that content living on your website, it helps with your social content. It helps with your advertising. I mean, it really does start to build into all kinds of different places that will help you as a business. Yeah. And listen to your competitors and what their, what their customers are asking. Because if you can solve a problem that their competitors, your competitors aren't solving... There you go. You have you have a some more content to create, but also B, you might be solving a problem that brings customers to you from them. So you know, let's Great go point. with that. Maybe we could talk about some of the tools too. So I think templates and processes are amazing, and maybe we can call out what a couple type. Well, let's throw in your swipe file for a second. Like, what are some of the templates in there? Like, what are the the topics that are covered in some of these templates? So we're not. We can bring it more specific than than vague. It doesn't have to be the, all of the exact ones, but just templates in general. What are some of the topics that we cover? Yeah. So for us, we kind of took a two-pronged approach to writing out the template. We knew um, that we were going to be talking to agency owners because our audience is made up of some agency owners who are similar to us. And then we were also going to be talking to brands and businesses like our clients who we serve. So the list does focus mostly on like social media processes, like how to get started listening and finding your audience, building brand personas, how to... to um, find content through that content audit, but then also how to create content and put it to a calendar. And then on the agency side, we talked about things like how to onboard your first client. So like, what are, what are some of the things that you need to do every time for every client? Because again, for myself, what I found was this is something that needed to be the same with every client and it needed to be transferable and repeatable in those, in those simple steps. And that's, and that's useful because it's like, 
you need to understand yourself and your inputs that you're going to be giving to anyone you work with. So even if you're not an, you're not an agency owner, obviously, and you're an entrepreneur or a business owner, the first question anyone that's in marketing is going to ask you, and the first and the reason they're asking you it is because you need to know about yourself first. And they're all going to be questions about you and your business and your objectives, your goals, what you're trying to accomplish, what assets you have, and what you want to do with them. All all those internal reflecting questions. If you download a, a template like that to get you through it, it helps you focus. It helps you be consistent. When you have a problem with consistency, it's not because you're not on every day. It's because you. It's more consistency of message that's important. That you are coming from a place where you know who you are. So a template like that, I'd say, is super valuable. Whether you're hiring someone or not, uh, to know who you are and kind of get through that process, that clarity. Yeah, and as a business owner to other entrepreneurs who may be listening, I think this is important because. What we've seen over time is that when we bring on a new person to the team, it takes them a lot longer to get through these processes. But because we have these processes built out, over time, what we're seeing is that it takes less and less time for them to manage their projects, which means we collect more margin. So even though it may take you more time to build these out and think about them, and obviously, they're always having to be... Um, you know, Iterations are constantly being made to, to, to make them better and more modern and to keep up with what we're doing. But as an entrepreneur, anytime you can save time and save money, that's a golden ticket for a win. So I would say that the processes really help us with, with margin as well. Yeah, I totally agree. Now, some of the tools that they could use, because yeah, so they get the templates, they start figuring out, okay, I'm understanding myself a little bit here. Uh, what are some of the tools here that make all this easier? Because I think that's something that also is a part of this kind of systems conversation. Definitely. So I'll start from the outside in. Um, I am the, the entire sales team for B Squared Media. So for me, it starts with the networking or social stalking, as we talked about in the, in the beginning. And I use Nimble CRM, which is a CRM focused on social selling. So what I love about Nimble is it operates like any other CRM. There's a way to keep manage your contacts and there's um, a messaging through email. You can connect to your G Suite or to your Office 365, which we use Office 365. So it makes it kind of seamless. But what I really love about it is there's this little plugin, Nimble plugin, where I could go to Brandon's LinkedIn page and hit that little Nimble plugin and it starts to build a, sm a smart profile for you and your business. And then inside of Nimble, any emails that I send you or messaging that I send out, either, either through Office 365 or inside of the Nimble software, obviously gets... Um, Relayed to your contact information, so it's constantly living there. Which means, as a salesperson, I always always know where we left off, right? Additionally, my favorite part of Nimble, I think, is that I have the ability to both star people, meaning make them important, so that they kind of like stay on top of mind. But I also have there's a little clock where I could hit next to your name, Brandon. This little clock, and I could say, make sure that I keep in touch with Brandon once a year, once a quarter, once a month, once a week, or I can set a custom um, setup. And so this allows me to stay top of mind with people like Mark, who are you know uh, instrumental to sending us business, but also to keep in touch with those people who I kind of have like in my peripheral for possibly becoming a client at some point in time. Um, you can also like import Twitter lists. So from social media marketing world, you could take that Twitter list of speakers that they put out import that list into Nimble, tag them all with this social media marketing world, you know, 2020 tag, let's say for next year. And then you can send them messaging like, Hey, I'd love to buy you a beer. And then again, you can kind of track your results to see what comes through 
that kind of tagging. So, I mean, for me as a salesperson, it's invaluable. Yeah. And I think the, the idea of con- connecting your your marketing and your sales team together is useful overall. We actually had John Ferraro, the founder of Nimble I on the show. Uh, but yeah, you've, you may not have heard of Nimble. But you might've heard of a, a HubSpot. You might've heard of ActiveCampaign. Or if you're sending emails, you've heard of MailChimp. It's not really CRM exactly like the other ones are. But these, there's a lot of options out there depending on how much you need to do and what the, your price points are and what your investment level is there. You know, one of these might make sense for you. But what I like is not only do you have something that you can use to in, inform your sales teams to give them the information they need, like a Nimble, which is awesome, a, a massively effective tool. But then you also have things that help you with the outbound messaging. It helps you a place for you to set up your, your sequences, your communication, because not everyone has gotten to that point where they've said, okay, when someone takes you know, this action on my website or this action interacting with one of my uh, you know, messages that's out there in the market, what do I do next? What's, you know, they found me this way. What's the sequence of messaging that introduces them to me or gets them ready to, to jump on a phone call or, or those things? And this is where you build those things. You start by getting a system to do this. So you're not doing this all by hand. That's why marketing's taking you so long a lot of the times because you're doing all this by hand, one by one. I appreciate one by one. I love the human con- connection of a conversation of a one-on-one email. Uh, but if you can translate that in a human way into something that you're doing every time automatically, suddenly marketing gets easier. Yes. And that's another thing that we I've built up for myself because again, it's just me, but I have like those templates built out. And then of course I add in the personal touches and messaging and whatnot. And the bonus, the bonus is that you get the stats, right? You get, you get the information like, oh my gosh, this one's working. This one isn't 50% of people open this one and then clicked on these things. So these links are drawing people's attention. You, you get the information that helps you become a better marketer. And I think that's what people don't understand. They're like, oh, marketing needs to work right away. No, marketing's going to stink right at the beginning until you build your, your systems and you realize, oh, this is what's working. This is what's not. I'm going to continue to make these better, a little bit more effective, 1% at a time, if you will. Right, exactly. And, and once we bring people in, we do a similar thing through, uh, we use a tool called Basecamp for projects management. And we use Basecamp 3, which um, has a feature called client side. And so essentially what happens here is all of our clients live in a project inside of Basecamp. We put all of our team members into that Basecamp. And we also invite the client, if they would like to, into that Basecamp. And not only cuts down on back and forth emails with the client, but it really allows them to start to understand the value behind what we do. Because I think there's a lot of education still needed around social media management, advertising management, paid media, things like that. And when they get back there and they see all of these processes and to-do lists that we're checking off on a daily, weekly, and monthly basis, it really starts to help them understand the value behind what we do. And I think it helps them really stick with us because they see how organized we are. They see how much work we're putting into these campaigns or, or whatever that we're running for them. And they start to appreciate and value what we do. So I think um, Basecamp is another great tool that we use. Again, nominal pricing. It's, it's not expensive. I'm, I'm from a nonprofit background. So I'm very... Uh, I'm a penny pincher. <laughs> so it's another tool that doesn't cost me a lot, but provides so much value to me and my team and our clients. Yeah, exactly. And in project management tools, again, another one that you can Google, there's a ton of them out there. The ones I hear the most are Basecamp and Asana. Uh, Basecamp, I feel like for the larger organizations, like they just end up having to use Basecamp because it's like, I think the most robust overall. 
Uh, a lot of entrepreneurs use Asana just because it's, I think there's maybe some ease of, of use there, uh, maybe a lower price point. But yeah, you, you Trello. And Trello, yeah, I hear Trello. that one. Yep. Yeah. I think Trello is free up to a certain point as well. So I mean, yeah, exactly. And and what I like about these tools is it's you know it starts as a place where you can like save your files and save like if you write down your checklist of things to do, you can save them there in a place that then when you hire someone else to do it, they can like look at the systems you've built so you don't have to keep teaching people how to do things over and over. If you haven't figured that out, like that you need to start writing these things down or filming them and videoing your your process for doing something, start there. Make sure that you have a system that you can record and, and repeat once you so you can take care of that if you have employee training over. Uh, you don't have to keep educating people on to do it. But this is where people save that stuff. It's not just on a drive somewhere in, on Google, which people use that too. But it's it's a, what's different about it is you save your files there and then you can start assigning people tasks and saying, this project now belongs to this person. Or you, uh, you bring in different people's contact information and you assign them to projects and you can work in a collective space together. It's like a virtual office, essentially. Yeah. I mean, it's it's really it's integral to everything that we do. I mean, we couldn't, we couldn't do our jobs without it. I, that's truly really how I feel. <laughs> so basically, if you're listening. If you're working with more than one person or you plan to, and you, or even if you're using VAs or whatever it is, like everyone that uses VAs that I know has to have some kind of system like this so they can communicate and, and track projects together and check in. Exactly. And then, you know, from the, from the doing work side, so the team, the tools that are integral for us and our success would be Sprout Social. We use um, Sprout Social for uh, both um, the social media management and scheduling. So we essentially, it's a dashboard where I could take all of the clients' accounts, whether they're on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, uh, LinkedIn, kind of bring those accounts into the dashboard on Sprout under a client folder, and then manage those accounts through Sprout Social in one place, um, which also they have um, scheduling. So when we create that content, we can actually create it and schedule it through Sprout. And they also have workflows. So again, we can bring the client into the workflow process so that as we're going through and creating content for them, they can leave comments or edit or help uh, upload more assets for the library. So it helps us with collaboration, which is obviously a big deal to us because um, we, we can't we do do done for you social media management, but we can't be your brand, right? We can't be we can't be Brandon. Brandon is the best at being Brandon. So with that collaboration in place, it really helps us be Brandon <laughs> um, in a much more organic and authentic way because Brandon's actually involved. <laughs> I think you're scaring people away now. They're like, "Why would I want to be Brandon? That doesn't make any sense." <laughs> but no, there's some social media tools out there for sure, and and that, Sprout Social is a great one. Uh, others on the list, Buffer is one that you know you'll hear if you start googling this stuff. Hootsuite has been around for a while. Sendable, and then Agora Pulse is one that we've had on the show. Uh, one of the brand evangelists for that, uh, my friend, the blogging brute. Yeah, love Mike. <laughs> yeah, Mike Alton's been on. So if you if you if you're curious about blogging in general, we talk a lot about that on that show. Not so much about a girl pulse, but just there's plenty of tools out there. You, you know, I'd say take the time. You know, I'm not going to tell you which one to pick because it's really specific to to what your yeah, business is. Yeah, depends on what you need. And and honestly, sometimes it's personal preference and and yes, price point and it's preference. It's like what kind of works for you. What I you know what I heard uh, Amy Porterfield say she because she uses a lot of these tools and she always has the one she recommends. She said, you know what. I changed. Like I used to use one thing like, you know, I think it was, she used to use Basecamp or Asana and then she switched to one or the other uh, and all these things. And she says, you know what I recommend is, you know, you pick the one that seems like it's right for you. 
And just whatever you do, like stick with it for a while. Like unless it's something terrible, that's just like, oh my God, this is not what I thought right away. The hardest thing is to then to keep changing your mind along the way and be transferring all these things over and over again. When most of them will work pretty well, you know, as long as it feels like there's not something there, it's completely missing that you need in your business. Uh, Most of them will be fine. As long as you kind of stick to it and commit to the process of using them, you're going to be fine along the way. But having them is step one. So find one that you're like, okay, I know I want to, Brandon, I want consistent scheduling. Well, guess what? It's not just having a plan and using these templates. You got to do it ahead of time and put them somewhere. And Mm Do it so it sends it out itself. And if you want it to send it out itself, uh, this is where you do it. Yeah, I think that's such a great tip. I mean, we literally have probably used them all. I mean, we've used Buffer, we've used Hootsuite, we've used Agora Pulse, and I love them all in, in lots of different ways. Sprout, like you said, it was like, you, you need to be the Goldilocks of social media tools, right? Like go find out which is just right for you. And Sprout was just right for us just because of the, the client uh, workflows and things like that and the collaboration that we needed. But any of the other tools, if we didn't need that particular thing, would have been just lovely and fine. So I, I'm totally with you on that. Like you need to use what works best for you and your business case. Yeah. And part of it is, you know, like I think going in, like I'm guilty of it too. I'm, I'm still like, I'm, I'm lean enough right now. It's just me that I don't have all these systems in place, guys. I don't. I need them, but I don't have them in place yet because you know, I have to figure out certain things in my business first. But when I, but I know that when I'm getting serious and I need to save some time, like these are the things I need to have in place. And I've used some of these. I don't want to say which one I've used the most, but like I, I'm using some of them. And you know, I'll some weeks I'll use it a lot, and some weeks I'm like, I'm just going to do it by hand this week because right now, like I don't need to have prolific content. I don't need to have something out all the time. Uh, so I'll kind of manage that. But again, if my goal is to become consistent on social media and to have something that's thoughtful and put out that, that has a strategy behind it. Uh, a, I need to figure out the strategy and have someone help me with that or me have me help you with that. Uh, but B, I need to have a place to, to do it. And these are great tools for that. So thanks very much for mentioning that one. Cause I, man, that content question I get all the time. How do I be more consistent with content? I need to have more content. Yeah. Yeah. I would say, yeah, definitely look at a, any social media tool that offers that like scheduling feature and, um, you know, don't, don't get carried away, <laughs> but make sure there's like actually you heading out to those, those platforms and well, and not just like this, you know, scheduled content, but that's definitely the way to do it. Um, other tools that I could mention that are important to us, I think for our paid media side. So we also do done for you advertising for our clients and on the paid media side, um, Sprout just actually introduced paid media to their platform which we're testing out right now, but, but this is a funny tool that we use that we love. I mean, our team members, I don't know that we can take it away because our team members love it and our clients actually really love the reports that come out of it. It's called, I'm going to butcher the name because I'm not really actually sure how it's produced. It's either Swidu or Swidu. Swidu, yeah. Swidu, <laughs> S-W-Y-D-O. And it's an aggregate tool that essentially um, you can connect your Google ads, your Facebook ads, Instagram, um, Amazon, you know, any place that you're running your advertising and it will um, aggregate the information in one place and it allows you to create custom drag and drop um, reporting based on the data that's coming in from your advertising sites. So this is really important because every client, and I mean every client, is different on what they want and what their KPRs, KPIs, which are key performance indicators are with their advertising. So we can literally customize the report to show the client exactly what they're looking for and show them like, hey, here's where we're meeting our our goals and our KPIs, um, which is important again for us to show that value to the client. 
Gotcha. Actually, I was thinking of a different program. So I don't know what how that one's pronounced. It might be Swidu. It might be Swidu. Yeah. S-Y-D-O. Check it out. S-W-Y-D-O. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that's a new one for me. I'll have to, I'm going to have to go and Google that one after this and like get deep into what, they, what they're doing. So I'm not, yeah. They're great. And I have to say their customer service is great too. And that is with every tool that you, we use. I will say, um, you know, while you're playing around and being Goldilocks, one thing that you should not skimp with and you should be steadfast with is is how their customer service and support treats you. And I will say with every tool that I've mentioned, they've been fantastic. So that's one area I would not waver on. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's, here's what's funny. So I, I, I think it starts to get daunting. Like you're like, you can see and people are right to assume this, that marketing is difficult because it is, it's, it's a process. And to keep it from being overwhelming, what I say is take things on one by one, project by project, figure out like the biggest thing that you need to do first in your company and take that on first, whether it's, you know, getting the base camp to help you organize your processes or, you know, just starting with some of the templates, or if you're ready for social media content posting, like figure out that first thing you need to do and then bring that on into your, your program one at a time. And guess what? You don't have to figure it out yourself because it might take you away from the thing in your business that you are best at, that you should be spending your time on. I think you need to learn it. You need to be reading and understanding, but find someone you can work with to help you set up. That's, I think, the biggest thing. Like, If you're not ready for, for an agency, you can figure, hire someone that knows how to do this to help you get set up so that you're, you can then just check in on it and get things running. Like help them get you educated on how these things work, get your, it set up in your business, and then you can execute on your own if you're not ready to hire someone to do that for you full-time and you want to do it yourself. But bring in the right people because you can spend hours and weeks and months trying to figure this out or you know, messing it up, trying to like, you know, making them hard mistakes along the way that you could easily avoid if you have someone help you set them up to begin with. Yeah, agreed. There's so many VAs, which is a virtual assistant or freelancers out there who are hungry for work and, and really um, intent on helping people do these exact things. So I mean, if you can't do it yourself, I would say start with like a VA or a freelancer to at least get you set up and get you up to seed on these tools and maybe do a, a, like a small training and then see how it works you know, within your company or your brand because no one can be your brand the way you can. But... We're, we're here for a reason. So, so, you know, a lot of people just need that, that outsourced help to, to get it done because it is a full-time job. It's more than a full-time job. It's like a 24-7 job. Yeah. And I don't want to stop you on the flow of like all the, the golden like uh, uh, products you're going to. I do want to eventually ask about digital agencies and talk a little bit about, about that. Uh, is there anything else though? I, I don't want to miss the opportunity to tell them about other tools that have just been critical in your business or are we, are we good on that? Um, the last one I think I would mention would be QuickBooks Online, which I'm sure many of you are familiar with, um, but it just makes that whole process of getting paid, which is very important, <laughs> very easy to track, to send invoicing, um, to pay people. So I, I think um, if you're not already using some sort of like uh, accounting software, my recommendation would definitely be QuickBooks Online. Yeah. I mean, if you don't know if you're profitable because you're not using the right market, the right uh, accounting system, uh, then you're Start there. <laughs> you're, you're going to be uncomfortable doing marketing because you're like, I don't know if I'm profitable yet. Can Pro I afford this? Yeah. <laughs> uh, yes. That's a whole different track. Um, so let's talk about, because you've, you know, I have the, the unique pleasure of bringing someone in who, who is on a digital agency and I'll, I'll be transparent. I don't bring a lot of people that are digital agency owners on. A, because they, you know, they have a full agency to run and they have a full job and that's like their focus. And, and B, just because it, I, I, I don't want to be counterproductive to, to helping entrepreneurs and, and being sell, sell, sell about you need to work with a digital agency, right? 
because there will be a time and a place when they're ready for, for that. And, you know, sometimes they're not there yet. But I will say, uh, now that I have you here, I want to pick your brain a little bit on, since you've built one from scratch, you work with clients and I've worked, it, I've worked with them forever for independent agencies and you're an independent agency. You're not owned by a holding company or something like that, which I think in, in the realm of entrepreneurs and, and small business owners, you're going to be in a place where mostly you're going to be working with independently owned agencies. But there's a lot of them out there and the, you know, differentiating them is, is a task. So when, when, if you had to put on your client hat for a second and figure out, you know, how do you go about finding an agency and then, you know, kind of discriminating between them, like what's, you know, what's going to work for you and what's going to be good for you. Do you have some, some, some maybe helpful tools that you think people should be, things think people should be thinking about when, when figuring out, not if they're ready for an agency, like we can talk about that in a second, but like, how do you differentiate between them and, and find one that maybe makes sense for you? Yeah, this is this is a great subject um, because it is very difficult. And uh, every agency, whether they're small like us, we consider ourselves a boutique agency or they're a large agency that falls under maybe like a holding company, as you mentioned, they still have a particular culture and strong suits within that culture that they can deliver on. So I think for me as the client going into this, you really have to know what you want and that sounds like a like a layup answer, but it's not because so many clients come to us and they're really not sure what they want. And we will try to guide them, but a lot of times as the salesperson, I'll just have to be blunt and say, like, look, it doesn't sound like you really figured out what it is that you want. And until you can figure that out, I'm not sure that we're the best partner for you because there are certain things that we're really, really good at. And then there's certain things that we could do, but we don't necessarily do. So like when we first started B Squared Media, or when I first started B Squared Media, we were a, a social media strategy company. We built strategies and then handed them off to the client to go implement. And what we found very early on, within like the first 90 days, six months, was that these clients didn't have necessarily a problem with the strategy because they, they kind of understood what they wanted to do with their marketing, but they couldn't implement. So we then quickly pivoted and became the done for you. So, hey, we'll do it for you so that you can implement. But... Um, I think we didn't know who we were either at that time, you know, so I think it's going to take you a while to figure it out what it is that you want. And again, there's a ton of free resources out there to help you figure out what this may be. Like, I think the biggest thing that companies need to look at with their social media and advertising or any of their online efforts were is how are you going to tie those efforts to actual business outcomes? So that would be the number one place that I would start. Your everything that you do online should somehow be connected to a business outcome. And most people go, oh, sales. And I, I would say, no, not sales. <laughs> so I think you have to know what you want. And then when you know what you want, you can very easily say, these are the key performance indicators that we need to hit. These are the business outcomes or the results that we're looking for specifically. And get specific. You know, It's a, a 30% increase in social traffic to our website. Whatever that, that goal or that KPI is. And a good agency should be able to turn around and tell you, absolutely, we can do that. Here are some client referrals on how we can do that. Here's a case study on how we've done that before. They'll back that up with actual, you know, either client referrals or information. Or if they can't do it, hopefully they're honest and they say, look, that's not our strong suit. Let us try to help you find someone who can help you get that done. Well, you know, what you just said there was really interesting to me because I like the idea of of figuring out what is the indicator of, 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 of good performance for, for an agency. And a lot of the time, yeah, they're looking at their sales saying, you know, did they move the needle? 
And what I hear a lot of time is, you know, I tried, I worked with someone on this and it didn't work. So I stopped doing it. And I'm like, oh man, like that could have been a million things that could have been terrible inputs. Number one, you know, because bad inputs lead to bad outputs, you know, bad direction could have been something wrong with the the way it was executed, it could have been something wrong with the ad itself or whatever it is. There's a million things that could have gone wrong or it could have just been you didn't wait long enough, you know, or it was a bad product choice or whatever it was. And half the time, you know, you, you do have to kind of test and figure out what works. But if you, fig- if you find a different way to judge who you're working with, you might have better success. So what I like to say is when you take this project-based mentality, you can, you can kind of date around, right? You can say, I have, you know, what's my next project on my list? Okay, I need a website redesigned or I need to run a new campaign for Facebook for the next two months or I need to go about and build out like a content calendar for the next quarter. You can reach out and get proposals from people to do these projects one at a time, you know, have a start and an end to this project and then see how they do. Or maybe you have hired two people to do it at the same time and see how they both do. And what you're looking for isn't how well they do it. It is the little things along the way, it's how much attention did you get and, and did they, they, were they there actively working with you? Or you, you know, do you want to be worked with where they're asking you a lot of questions or don't you? Did you, if you asked and you need to be educated on something, did they have someone there to do that? What was the team they put around you? Like, well, you have to figure out all these things that are like the amount of work you're getting, the quality of work you're getting, the amount of communication and responsiveness. Do you need someone that's local to you because you need someone to show up at your company and you have to teach them these complicated processes you have? You've got to figure out these factors that are important to you that'll start to whittle down your, your consideration set. And it's not going to be sales because you're not going to know that till it's over, right? It's like when you have a good, a good or a bad employee, like let's take it down for an example. If you have a bad employee, uh, you're not going to know that in the interview. Interviews are terrible. I guess a great, it's a terrible way to judge someone. Just hire, hire this person that seems you know, like they're awake in the interview and then, <laughs> and then put them to work. And if it doesn't work out, fire fast and find someone else. You know, and keep oh my God, that's so true. We, we only offer 90-day agreements to new team members just for that reason. Like, hey, anybody can ace an interview, but we want to see you in the trenches. And if after that 90 days is up, we like you, then we'll talk about a longer, you know, uh, agreement with each other. But 90 days is it in the beginning. What's a good client for you? Ah, oh, gosh, we work with a real, a real myriad of clients. There's no like specific niche that we work with. So we work with staffing, healthcare, finance, retail, consumer goods, you name it, we, we work with them. I think a good client for us now um, that we're seven years in is probably uh, a middle market to a larger brand who has at least one person on their um, internal marketing team so that we have some that we can kind of partner with to work on um, all of our initiatives and campaigns. But as long as they they view it as a partnership, I think you know the companies who come in and think that we're going to do it for them and be their brand and then can just walk away and have zero input, that's not a good client for us. If you're willing to put in the effort on your end to be a partner and help us become your brand or help you be your brand online, those are the companies who we, we find the most success with. You know, it's funny when we were talking about picking agencies, what I didn't hear you say, which is... which. You know, maybe which I like almost uh, is you know find someone that's done that exact job before, or you know find someone that already has a client like you. You know, like let's talk about that. Is is experience with your exact uh, type of company necessary? No, I don't think it is. And so that's interesting that you say that because recently we've gotten into customer care through social media, which means that we help clients with their online customer service or customer care. We call it customer care because. 
customer service is more reactive. It's helping those people who are messaging you in that moment for a need. And customer care, we try to be proactive and find some of those conversations that are happening or kind of beat the client to helping them with what they need before they ask for it. And we didn't do customer care previous to doing customer care. Um, What happened is we had someone um, come to us with a need and we knew that we had the tools to do that need. And we also knew that we had team members who had experience with customer care. So even though we had never done a customer care project ourselves, we kind of started with that first client and said, look, here's what we're going to do. We wrote out the scope. Um, and they accepted it and it went really well. So then we were like, aha, we knew we could do it. Now it's actually proven. We've got this client who can back us up on, on being able to do customer care. And then it become, became much easier to sell. Everybody starts somewhere. So, I mean, I don't think necessarily that you have to have done that specific exact thing. I think if you have the right tools and the right people and the right mindset that you could certainly get it done, even though you haven't done it before. Yeah, I agree. I think it's like anything else. If you're thinking, oh, I need an accountant or I need a lawyer. uh, Sure, it helps to have some industry background. But at the end of the day, like the job is the job for most of us. When I like when I worked on Coca-Cola before I before I got that job, I didn't have any packaged goods experience. Uh, but I I was in media strategy for a long time. I knew it's the same skills. I you know I know how to understand the consumer. I knew how to look at my competition. I knew how to come up with you know the analysis of which media types make sense and and what's more efficient. Like the job is the job. And guess what? My learning curve is that industry. But that's the easiest thing to learn for me. The the, the job itself is hard. So as, as long as you have pros that know what they're doing with that job specifically, you're good. And you can check that out. Like how do you judge you know if they're good at this type of job? Well, I think you can look at their history and see, you know, have they done this type of work before? Not necessarily this type of industry, but like this type of work. And you even, if you're venturing into new places, I think that you get to be like, what tools are they pulling from to learn this new type of job even? Because sometimes we have to kind of blaze a trail and that's almost what we have to be like, figure out who's good at that. You know, like when we got into VR for the first time, we had to like figure that out. And that's the good agencies and the good like marketers are the ones like learning it first. It helps that you're a thought leader that you have, that you're out there looking at what's new and what's trending. Definitely. Yeah. And you said you hit the nail on the head. I mean, it's really just about like the the people who we have on the team. I love hiring people who are way smarter and way more creative than I am. I have no problem seeing like the the dumbest person in the room. I want my team to be the smartest and the most creative because they're the ones doing the day-to-day work. Right. And yeah, definitely, if you haven't had a chance to listen to the Marketing Companion podcast, check it out. There's an, uh, an episode I just heard that was about some of the trends coming up and it talks about kind of AI and, and how that's being integrated and in just the, the trends in the culture. So Brooke's definitely on top of that. Check that episode out if you get a chance. On top of that, I, I, we're about to come towards the end of the show here, um, but I do want to ask you, uh, what I ask all my guests, which is in, in terms of branding or selling, do you believe that branding or selling is more important long-term for a business and why? That's a great question. And I'm a salesperson. I've always been in like some sort of like sales role, even if it was a marketing and sales role. So, you know, at first I was like, oh, well, sales, but no, actually my mind has changed. And I think now it's branding because really smart branding also sells without selling. So for me, Branding is most important. Obviously, you you have to sell. I I do all of the selling for my company, so I know how important selling is. But our branding has led the way for a lot of those sales that have come through. So I have I, it's not me, you know, pounding the pavement or picking up the phone. It's that brand story and messaging kind of filtering out and coming back in the form of sales. Look at that, guys! Really good branding sells without selling. I mean, come on now. 
Come on. This is why I bring Brooke on the show, guys. This is it right here. <laughs> Brooke, if they want to get to know you better and interact with you, uh, maybe you can let us know where they can find you a little, uh, a little bit. Definitely. I am listed all over our website, which is bsquared.media. Um, but you can also find me on Twitter. That's where I'm most active. It's my favorite platform. And it's just my name at Brooke, B-R-O-O-K-E, last name Sellis, S-E-L-L-A-S. Obviously on LinkedIn, you can look up Brooke Sellis. It's a pretty u- unique name. Sellis is like the easiest Greek name out there. So, <laughs> so if you just Google Brooke Sellis uh, or B-Squared Media, you're likely to find us. See, I'm like in my head in the brand, like the Brandon turned into Brandon Brands. I'm like, Brooke, sell us with you <laughs> could have been an amazing name, you know, if you, you know, later on, but it's sell us with an A guys, S-E-L-L-A-S. That's correct. Yes. Oh, well, thanks so much. I had a pleasure. Honestly, I, was, I had to like keep my eye on the clock because I was like, I, I'm, oh my God, I just want to keep asking questions. So thank you so much for coming on today. I appreciated it. You bet. Thank you so much for having me and happy to continue the conversation in any other forum you like. I appreciate it. Thanks, guys. Catch you guys next week. You've just taken your marketing knowledge to another level with this episode of Brands on Brands on Brands. But we have plenty more ways to not just help you build a business, but build a brand. Head over to brandandbrands.com for more resources, as well as access to our blogs, videos, and exclusive coaching sessions with your host. Be sure to visit brandandbrands.com.